So to Dalai Lemma, editor of Addis Standard, thank you very much for joining us today on Ethiopia Insights podcast. Thanks for having me, William. And so today we're going to discuss a familiar matter, something which is in the news quite a lot, which is the issues of sort of political polarization and, and social media um, and the media landscape in general, but obviously with specific reference to Ethiopia. Um, and you know, I felt that you had a, a particularly good an interesting experience and insight into this. So maybe you could just start off um, by you know, telling us a little bit about your experiences as the editor of Addis Standard um, and you know, how you perceive Ethiopia's media landscape and how the issue of social media plays into that as well. Uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a broad um, topic. Um, my experience with media over the last, uh, I, I think, pretty much 20 years is, uh, is that of uh, you know, optimism, but at the same time frustration as well that uh, our media um, is not really, uh, speaking of the mainstream media, is not really where um, it's supposed to be um, after the you know, 27 years of uh, liberalization of the independent and private media in Ethiopia's history. And uh, it, it goes both ways uh, that it's also, uh, also the government uh, is one of the major obstacles into the development of the mainstream media in Ethiopia. Uh, we also have to take, you know, the blame to a certain extent. Um, so it, it's that I, I don't see it where it's supposed to be, uh, given that we have had 27 years of experience. So uh, mm -hmm. that is my, 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 my general assessment okay. when it comes to the, the mainstream media. Very good. Yeah, that was a good short answer to a rather impossibly broad question, as, as you pointed out. Let me ask you something much more specific, and, and we can get into the kind of reasons for this in a moment. But if we kind of assume, and I think it's widely accepted, that we have quite a weak private media in Ethiopia. Do you think that has led to social media becoming more of a problem? So I'm talking about a kind of vacuum situation here. We don't have the strong private media. I think it's arguable. Do we therefore have more of a problem with social media than we might do otherwise? Yeah, if you look at uh, the social media only from uh, the point of view problem, yes, um, mm. the vacuum has uh, created uh, the proliferation of uh, the social media with all its shades of colors. Let me put it like that. And uh, it is the the weak, uh, you know, the the the, the media's weakness. Um, I think we've discussed this one uh, previously as well with Al Jazeera. The the weakness of the mainstream media has created uh, some sort of image uh, to the social media. Um, if you look at it only from the problematic point of view, yes, I mean, the social media comes with, with all its shades of colors, as I said. So there is the problematic part, but there's also the constructive part. Uh, so it depends on which uh, part of the contribution the social media has done in terms of filling the vacuum that the mainstream media failed to do so in the last uh, couple of years. Okay, very good. And I think you know, quite clearly you're raising the, the issue um, of... Um, we can't just talk about social, social media and that kind of political participation in a, in a negative way. Um, but I think there have been, you know, you've, been ex you've experienced negativity 
Um, so maybe you could describe for us um, when social media, particularly political social media, um, has played a positive role in Ethiopia and other occasions when it's when it's been more negative. What's your experiences of that? Uh, if I talk about the the, the positive um, experience of the social media, um, I could mention. I think William, you remember one time at a panel at a certain embassy, you and me were talking about the, this very topic. Uh, if we if we talk about the the positive aspect of it, it has brought us somehow. It created it's in Ethiopian context. It created a cyberspace that would have otherwise not been exist existed. Ex you know, mm -hmm. existing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Given the situation that Ethiopia was under uh, only six months ago. Yeah. So it it has created that uh, community, that cyber community, in which uh, we came together. Uh, we discovered a lot of people, you know, yeah. we have learned a lot from a lot of people which would we would have otherwise not been able to do so. So yeah, that is yeah. a, the positive aspect that I would like to uh, emphasize when it comes to the social media. Okay, very good. I mean, it, tell me what you think about this. Because I, I had the impression that although people were prominent people, activists were criticized, uh, sorry, were criminalized for online speech. I felt that people were always more liberated online, or at least you found people whose political views were liberated online. You found them more easily than you did um, on the street in in society in Ethiopia. Do you think that's a you know a, a reasonable impression I have there? Yeah, that's very reasonable. Um, <laughs> you know, even people who not only speak anonymously on social media, but also uh, who use their names and their faces. Uh, feel more liberated to yeah. talk, raise topics, issues that uh, could otherwise be impossible at a social gathering, for example, in a face-to-face -face, um, uh, discussions. So it, it did. That's a very fair assessment that people feel free to talk. Uh, the question comes, of course, here, whether or not people are using this freedom to talk responsibly. And I think there we do have a lot of problems. Yeah, I mean, as, as, as we do in lots of places across the world, um, but that doesn't mean that, that Ethiopia hasn't got a problem or maybe a, maybe a particular problem. Um, so, yeah, do, do, do tell us about that, um, about that more problematic aspect. And, and maybe it would be helpful to do so in relation to, to recent events, um, because I believe you feel like you've been at, a, a bit of, at the, eye of a, the eye of a storm recently. Yeah, right. Uh, the eye of the storm is a bit of an understatement. Let me put it like that. Uh, it's quite unfortunate, actually. Um, it, it's not only related to the incident last week, but uh, every time. And we've been having those incidents in the past few months uh, quite a lot, unfortunately and sadly. Um, but it, what that does to us, you know, uh, in, in addition to the actual incidents that are happening, you know, if you talk about the lynching of an individual in Shashamani or the, the you know, inter-ethnic clashes, in addition to the damage that these actual happenings are having on the ground, uh, it is contributing to the erosion of our social capital in the cyberspace. Uh, what do I mean by that? You would see uh, people very, you know, unable to control their emotions otherwise and just coming and spilling everything out. Um, people very, you know, becoming very intolerant to one another, 
and, and I, I don't think many people realize how uh, damaging that is to our social capital. You know, when I talk about social capital, it's not just the you know at national or regional level. Social capital also exists as, as as individual labels. So you know, people that you know very well and that you respect and that you have no uh, no experience of hurting one another before, uh, you you see this kind of people being completely overwhelmed by their emotions and and saying saying things as if tomorrow does not exist, as if, you know, mudding the water, as if we don't drink from the same water once the dust is settled. So you see this kind of emotional uh, reactions and that is quite damaging, I think. And the last week experience for me personally was um, was this, you know, uh, that it leaves you struggling to pick up, you know, where, where do you pick it up from? How do you ever you know, communicate with some people uh, after having been through online so much of that cyber lynching. So it, it is contributing to the erosion of our social capital um, and, and respect to one another. So uh, the weeks like last week, uh, I wish they could just uh, never happen again. Hmm. That sounds that sounds pretty bad. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to go into the graphic detail and, um, and you know, bring up stuff recent painful events. But, you know, just to be clear here, I mean, I think people are frequently accused of, of bias. And I think in, in this instance, you were accused of, of bias towards the, you know, the, the Oromo ethnic group or Oromo political actors. Is, is that correct? I mean, I'm sure it was much more elaborate than that, but that was... That it was is a, much more elaborate uh, than that, but what is... Uh, but that was really, part of it, right? Yeah, it was part of it. And right. um, uh, the thing is, uh, you know... <clears throat> As Addis standard, I think within the last few years, there are no community in Ethiopia whose affairs we didn't cover, uh, be it the Amhara protest or the Konso or the the Afar, the Somali, the uh, even the Omo. I don't think we have left anyone who has gone out into protest to the street um, out of our storytelling in the last few few years. Uh, but it, it it's always uh, it surprises me that um, it, we're always associated only with the Oromo stories and and the things that we tell about other people are are not really recognized that well. I don't think we have left any topic untouched in our coverage of uh, uh, you know the state brutality uh, from the zone niners to the Muslim movement. We've been at the forefront of all. Mm. Okay, all right. Um... Yeah, no, understood. And uh, I think we can, you know, address sort of what to do about these kinds of issues. I just want to ask a couple of short questions first. Um, at the moment, in terms of sort of pros and cons, because you've talked obviously about the positive effect of social media, but you're also now talking about some of the harms. Where do you see the sort of balance sheet at the moment? Is it is it doing more harm than than good, or is it doing more good than harm? Um, you know, there are lots of harms um, uh, into this, but uh, I, I would like to stick to the good that we could make of the cyberspace. Right. Uh, I have always been advocating because, uh, you know, if you remember in, in that discussion a few years ago that I had with you, uh, we, we are a society that have never had an opportunity to uh, to learn and unlearn, you know, to unlearn uh, the, the violence of communication and to learn the decency of communication. We still 
have a, a long way to go. And social media is part and parcel of that, and it has to be there. Mm. Uh, and I think and I hope we will sooner or later realize that uh, mm. decency uh, by far outweighs our, you know, vitriolic communication on, on social media. And that's going to that will come about. One of the things that I learned in the last week is uh, the importance of disengaging from polarizing narratives, from uh, very toxic communications on social media. Just disengage, you know, uh, don't be a part of that. Uh, try to be patient and, and let it happen. Uh, I think folks would come to realize that um, at the end of the day, you know, if you if you are not uh, becoming a part of that kind of toxic you know, communication, uh, it will go out. And I think the good will outweigh the bad uh, and, and sooner or later, or I hope so. Uh, so I would like to see it like that. And it has to be there. And we have to go through that experience of uh, um, unlearning how mm. to, you know, how to be very uh impolite on our cyber space communication. Okay, well, I, I hope you're right. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, in terms of sort of catch up and learning, I'm not, I'm not too sure where the, where the good examples are currently, but I, I appreciate what you're saying. So you, you sort of talked about added standards and you, you pointed out, you know, a sort of factual um, interpretation of what you do. Like you've covered all of these different issues. So why are people accusing you of being you know, focused exclusively on the Oromo cause when it's simply not true. Now, I, I have very similar concerns about, about these issues. People seem to make very selective judgments. Um, and it's, it's, at that, it's at that point I want to see people coming in on the behalf of someone like yourself and added standards say, well, hang on a minute, you know, I, I understand you disagree with them on this point, but they've been doing all this coverage which disproves what you're saying. Do you sometimes think that, that more people should step up on social media and, and come to the assistance of people who are being cyberbullied or otherwise harassed? Yeah, you know, I would wish if that uh, kind of thing could exist. But at times of uh, uh, tense uh, period of time like, like this, uh, it could be threatening for people to come forward and, and stand by your side. Uh, just in the last week, I've been receiving a lot of... Uh, um, message uh, to say like we are with you, you know, including waking up to some anonymous emails. Uh, we see uh, the kind of attack that uh, uh, you are sustaining, you and Addison Standard, and just know that uh, we are on your side and uh, don't be discouraged, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. So th this kind of thing are things that keeps me going. Um, well, I, I appreciate I that, but when I... You know... forward, yes, I want them to come forward, but yeah, I also exactly. understand that it entails risks. People don't want to, you know, because the, the intensity, yeah. you know, the, of this breakneck speed and intensity of uh, the negative, uh, the, the, the cyber lynching is so threatening to okay. to decent individuals to come forward and, okay. and, and put their names and their, uh, uh, you know, their names and their faces in defense of you. So it's, it's quite understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think yeah. No, it's going to be difficult to change some of those some of those dynamics that you're talking about. But that, of course, doesn't mean that there aren't things that that can be done and and, and ways that can you know things that can occur and develop so that the situation's improved online. And the, I guess the two sort of broad things, the broad areas um, that seem relevant to me are you know what's the government's approach, um, 
and then you know this issue of of the of the private media and you know, with regards to the government um we've had all these political changes this year but i just find it very obvious that you're still going to have plenty of people in the ethiopian government who are they have a tendency towards censorship they will have a they will see you know, social yeah. social media as something which it's easy to blame they won't look at the root causes they will yeah. say oh no the things are being irresponsibly fanned online they will shut down the media and, and then there's a, you know there's a, a concern about you know cyclical um deterioration in the political circumstances so i'm worried about the government's approach regardless of, of who's in power for the foreseeable future and then there's this issue of the private media as well because yeah. I, I i'm sure you agree with me and we've probably agreed in the past no matter how hard people try there's a very big information deficiency in ethiopia in terms absolutely. of reliable information absolutely um, and i maybe naively but i you know i like to think that you know the more facts and the more reliable trusted reporters and media there are then the less space there is going to be for gossip and accusation and innuendo and innuendo and, and, all, and all the slurs that come with it so tell me you know what are the remedies here and 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 speak specifically to my these two broad areas of government and and development of the private media yeah we well, know you know the government is uh, still the same government uh, by the way uh, which was there uh, a few years ago, uh, did we see a bit of a change in terms of liberalizing information? Yes, uh, there have been, but that is uh, uh, that is not coming from say from the government communication affairs office. That office still remains too hostile to independent media. Uh, in fact, Adi Standard has been uh, uh, has been delisted from its media dispatch uh, tip dispatch uh, in the past few months. So what what what's happening is that yes there is a certain level of uh, information liberalization. There are a few people who feel like picking the phone and calling uh, ID standard to give a tip. Uh, some credible, some need to be verified. Uh, so there is that kind of tendency coming up. But overall, it is still the same. They're the same people uh, trying to be nice. You know uh, the 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 reactionary uh, nature of 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 the government. Uh, human resource infrastructure remains the same. So our fight is far from over. You know, what happens is, yes, the platform is open now. Uh, people are, uh, you know, allowed to open new new newspapers and, and magazines. And we have seen the coming of a few newspapers in the last few weeks only. So that's, that's good, you know, very good in and of itself. But in terms of, you know, this kind of relationship and the government understanding the role of independent media, to its efforts to, uh, you know, reform is still lacking. It's still not there. And even when you get credible information and you want to verify it and you pick up a phone and call another official who you would think would be concerned with that information, the apprehension is still the same. It's still there. You know, the, you are still asked, like, what media are you calling from and what is your background and, and all this. These are basic questions that need to be asked. But even after you went through that, you're still requested to send your questions on a letter. You have to sign on it. So that kind of uh, unhealthy relationship is still existing between the government and the independent media. And I do hope that uh, the little liberalization of information from the government officials to some of the new faces are quite open when you approach them. And that I, I do hope it will have a spillover effect in in making it institutionalized, in making the government think 
uh, an independent and responsible media is in fact to their own good uh, than 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 to harm them there. So uh, let's hope that this will be part of the process we have to go through as this country is going through this uh, uh, murky transition. Yeah, that's very that's very interesting. So I, earlier this year, when um, after you know, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed came to power, um, you know, we knew we knew that there was some sort of reform moment that was that was coming. And you're know, looking at that. I mean, I, I said something quite obvious in in an article. I said, well, you know, we have to get freedom of expression right first. Like we, you know, people need to be allowed to debate. Government officials need to speak. We we need, we would like it would be good to know what the EPRDF are deliberating. Um, people need other opponents need to be able to organize and people need to be able to start newspapers and then you can kind of build democracy from from there or enhance enhance democracy from there but do you think that's just simply that's it, it, it's not going to happen like that and instead it's going to be a kind of gradual shift in political culture which will gradually allow more space for the media and and more you know a greater flow of information I think two things need to happen here uh, if we want to see the kind of change that you just described um, happening in Ethiopia. One is that there is a, a, a massive need to restructure the government communication affairs office and to make that office be led by professionals. Um, I doubt that is the case right now as we speak. And I don't mean, you know, I don't have any personal grudges uh, against the minister or whatever, but there is a, there is a need to bring that institution on board the reform uh, agenda of the government. Uh, the other one is, uh, you know, the, the media itself, uh, the ones that are, um, say, in a better condition, financial, human resource and all things, need to do a little bit of better job in monitoring the government itself. Um, you know, or, or not only the government, but in monitoring, in, in, in being the voice of, of what's happening around uh, our society, our people. Uh, there, there needs to be a better job to be done by the independent and private media that particularly are uh, well cushioned financially and in terms of human resources as well. Uh, there is there is need to to fill that gap. So these two things need to happen if we want to see the kind of changes that uh, uh, that would eventually see the the independent media become the force state as 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 it's known in the rest of the world. So I hope we will get there through time. But there is a need to push uh, a bit harder than we're doing today. Mm. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the regional media, media Tadali, because um, you know I've been saying to people for a while now that um, you know one of the reasons that you're reporting on Ethiopia is is so difficult, and that you know, maybe it contrib- contributes to some problematic political debates is this um, intensified pro- problem with the media in in the region. So there doesn't seem to be any kind of private independent media and you know, wh- wherever we look really you know whether it's Gambella or or, or Jimmer or yeah. you know, even even Mechle or um, even, even somewhere yeah. even somewhere like Ad- Adama or Diradawa I mean there's there's very little there absolutely you, absolutely what's, and uh, what's, it, what's what's going on there and and do you think we could see changes there and and, and how beneficial do you think positive developments in those regional cities would be we still have to, uh, you know, we still have to depend on what uh, the regional governments or their communication offices are saying. Um, I, I think if you ask me personally, one of the biggest problems of not going outside of Addis, you know, for us is uh, 
uh, human resource, a financial resource, and we, we, you know, we're just confined into Addis. Uh, we're just a very small group. Yeah, but I'm more thinking people. about yeah people but, being based in these places. You know, set, starting to blog from there, setting up whatever it may be, private radio stations or or, or, or small regional newspapers. Yeah, well, you know, that has to come from uh, I think private individuals. To, Okay. The market has to be there in the first place, and but but private individuals need to also take the initiative to establish regional media organizations uh, the same way like like it is happening in Addis. I don't see that coming uh, from from many of the places, even in 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 Adama or in I think in Makali there are a couple of publications, if I'm not mistaken, uh, magazines even. Uh, but the rest is uh, is still pretty much uh, depending on uh, regional. Authorities, regional government, media um, establishments, whether newspaper, there's a newspaper, for example, that is uh, being published by uh, SEPDM for the thousand people, but that's still a government newspaper, yeah. uh, although it's based at in, in Awasa. So it, it has to, you know, people with the money and, and the, the human resource need to come, need to step up and, and filling the gap. Uh, but I, I, I hope once this is happening, the market is there. I, mm. I don't think it is the market that is keeping people away. It's just the idea is not there. Okay. Um, so for the time being, we, still, we have to depend on uh, the government and regional authorities, uh, communication offices. People have to depend on, on, on the regional television and radio, community radios and stuff like this. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. And I just want to try and bring this back to our main area of, of focus and that's social media so if all these positive things happen um we get an improved attitude from the government um an, an, an assertive proactive approach from the private media to seize opportunities and, and more trust of of the media do you think that then that could have a positive impact on the the problems with with social media that, that you've identified and, and we've already discussed oh definitely um Definitely, of course. Uh, the media that um, any media that is establishing itself uh, need to earn the trust of the society. That people look at the media as the best alternative to get information than the social media. Uh, that is, uh, you know, a burden that we have to shoulder. Uh, establishing that kind of uh, uh, reputation that. We to, to be able to attract the people <clears throat> who are otherwise, you know, uh, rushing into the social media to to get unverified information. So we have to do that as uh, as as media uh, across the country. Uh, once we do that, and I think there will be a huge chance that people uh, are more, uh, you know, they, they they will start getting used to uh, consuming verified information as opposed to emotional uh, information that are available on the social media. But th this would be a very tight race, of course. Uh, you know, you cannot compete with the social media. Mm. So the one thing that you would, I would wish to see is the, you know, the Ethiopian uh, sphere of the social media acting more responsibly. Mm. Um, you know, you, you can wish that. The chance of it happening is, is very slim, of course. Uh, but I think the more people get used to media consumption, you know, the more media is available there, if, if a competition for, for credibility is, is heightened up and media is working very hard to establish that credibility, uh, the better for the people, you know, it, it gives that alternative for people to, uh, you know, what site do you open in the morning if mm. you are a, cons a consumer? 
consumer of uh, an online media or which newspaper do you pick in the morning uh, if you are a newspaper reader. So it has to come to that uh, that point where the public is provided with a solid alternative to choose from. So this is the burden is on us to make this happen. Okay. And I hope we will be able to do that. Okay. All right. Well, let's finish on a, on a completely impossible question. Um, so I don't want to get into the politics, but we have a very tight sort of political timetable with elections scheduled next year and um, parliamentary elections scheduled for 2020 and, and quite a lot of focus on them already. But then we have the problems and we have the political circumstances and we have the media and social media deficiencies that you've talked about. Uh, how hopeful can we be that we will see a significant improvement in the media and the social media, the media landscape and the social media environment in time to make a real difference for those upcoming elections in 2020? I am hopeful, uh, but uh, this all depends on the political elites, the agenda that uh, even political elites choose to uh, to pick up, and their preparedness for 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 the election as well. Right now, uh, sadly, I don't see that. Uh, I, I don't think political elites are as as pressed against time as we feel that the election is in in about two years. And the prime minister made it very clear that uh, the election is not going to be postponed. So I, I don't see ma the maturity from the political elites coming up uh, in a way that it's a spillover would shape the public's opinion so far. Uh, and I think it's only the ruling parties, sadly, um, that is uh, doing. And, and people, you see people increasingly uh, consuming the state media, the Ethiopian television, for example, or the, or. or Anna in, in all this, uh, this would have been uh, this is a very golden opportunity for our political elites to to lead in terms of shaping opinions and in terms of, you know, guiding the public on how to choose which topic to consume, which co topic to debate about. That is not there yet. Uh, but I hope once, you know, our political elites, be it the opposition or the government, realize what is at stake in this election that's to happen in two years, uh, it, it will come about. And uh, and and I really hope that the public would be able to uh, selective enough to to consume what kind of agenda is is worth fighting for, uh, worth defending for, and what is to be left out, you know, even if it is said loud. So it it, it is it's all hope uh, as of now. Um, uh, I, I can only hope uh, as of now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's very clear, and I think that's a very important message to, to finish on so let's let's hope and and let's see what happens um well thank you very much for for joining us today said ale i'm you know i'm sorry about the the recent experiences that that prompted this this chat but um but obviously these are issues which um which are much much broader than any than any single experience um yeah so thank you thank you for joining us and um i wish you good luck um in ethiopia and, and with that with Addis standard and everything else yeah, thank you very much, uh, William, and thanks for picking up the, the, the topic. Um, we needed to talk about it, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Bye-bye now. Yeah, good night.